Hey there, Meyer Sign friends and followers. I'm Michael Boss, and I have the privilege of being the creator and host of Tales of the Magic Skagit, a podcast series celebrating the people, places, and things that make the Skagit Valley magic, sponsored by Meyer Sign. Thanks for giving us a listen. And now, on to the program. Not long ago, we published a story about a co-owner, the husband in a husband and wife team, of Mount Vernon's beloved downtown gathering place, Ristretto Coffee Lounge and Wine Bar, and I might add art gallery to that description as well. I have to admit that after having interviewed Sean O'Leary for the story we subsequently published about him, I was seriously considering writing a screenplay based on his life. It is absolutely cinematic in its scope, and the scenery is breathtaking. You're flying above the Alaskan wilderness, walking the teeming streets of Calcutta, hiking through the Himalayas and Nepal. There's the countryside of Japan, the Middle East and Europe, and of course, the magic Skagit. The story we tell of Sean's life was, as he shared it, and not surprisingly, he's heavily quoted, it was a really popular story, and with the passage of a few months since we first published it, I thought it would be nice to share the original audio interview. It's one thing to tell Sean's story. It's another thing to hear it from the source. I hope you have as much fun listening to this as I did during the recording of this 21-minute podcast. Keep it magic, y'all. All right, so I'm here at Ristretto uh, with uh, Sean O'Leary. Um, Sean, what, what I'd like to start with is just tell me a little bit about your own story, yourself, how, how you ended up here and, you know, where you're from and let's go back to the beginning. Okay, born and raised in Seattle on Capitol Hill. All right. Went to, uh, St. Joe's, Seattle Prep, Seattle U. From, uh, Seattle U, I decided to go travel the world. Where all'd you go? Thailand a few times, Good. India, worked with Mother Teresa in Calcutta. Oh my gosh. Nepal. Wow. Um, instead of coming home after that engagement, I decided to keep going west, went through the Middle East. All right, all right. Lived and worked in Israel, Jordan, Egypt, um, traveled through Cyprus, Greece, Italy, wow. France, wow. met my godmother, Spain, Morocco, in Ireland, dating a girl from Trinity College, playing rugby, and my parents came to visit and brought me a plane ticket to take me home. So oh. I came home, home for three months, got a job building houses in Japan. <laughs> Went and built houses outside of Toyotashi, was the town where yeah. Toyota's based. Um, went down. Rented a motorcycle in Bangkok, traveled down the Mekong River through Laos, came home again, decided I really liked the seasonal lifestyle of traveling, great coffee and tea around the world, Um, started living a seasonal life as a ski instructor in Jackson Hole and a halibut captain in Homer, Alaska, and working for Alaska State Parks, cutting down trees during the the off season. Oh my gosh. Finally, uh, one day in Jackson, actually on my birthday, I broke my left forearm, compound mm. fracture. 
So I was off the mountain, came yeah. home, realized I need to figure out a profession that I can't just keep running around the world. And one day saw a Kenmore Air Beaver taken off of the north end of Lake Washington out of Kenmore and decided, I think I'd like to learn to fly. <laughs> so I went you know, this, uh, the thing I love about this story is it just keeps getting better and better. It's, it's like Hollywood at this point would be saying, now we could create a script like this, but nobody would believe it. So, so Kenmore Air Beaver, so you decided you wanted to learn to fly. Yeah, so I started pumping gas at Payne Field. Okay. Got my private pilot's license. Once I was all healed up, I went up to Alaska to fly. Wow. And then went to Denver, Colorado to a formal flight school to get my instrument commercial mm-hmm. rating. Mm-hmm. There I joined the Civil Air Patrol. Wow. Uh, once I was done with those uh, endorsements, came back to Seattle, still working with the Civil Air Patrol, made it to uh, captain status. Wow. Um, also at the same time I met my wife, Colleen. Um, we had met while I was going back and forth from Seattle doing okay. all my things. But uh, finally, back in Seattle, kind of settled down with her. She was in nursing school at Seattle U. I uh, started a small contracting business doing high-end remodels in Magnolia, Queen Anne, Mm -hmm. Madison Park. Mm -hmm. And we were running a 55-unit apartment building on Queen Anne. Wow. And decided it's time for us to buy a house. Oh, wow. Bought a house, got married at Carkeek Park, had the reception in the backyard of our house up on in Greenwood. So what year would this have been, Sean, at this point? This was 2006. 2006, okay. Yeah, in 2007, I had my son. I'd been doing a lot of search and rescue missions and realized it's a little too high risk with yep, a young yep, man in the house. Yep, yep. Figured I would focus on construction instead okay. of aviation. Sure. And uh, in 2006... Also, the construction market in Seattle started to go down. Mm. And by 2008, I had a one-year-old. We went to the uh, Seattle Hemp Fest. I realized there's a good market in growing cannabis for medical applications. Right. And so I transitioned my construction into teaching people how to grow cannabis. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. When so, I, so have you have you had any relationships with any uh, local folks around uh, around uh, this area that are, that are uh, cannabis cultivators? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, my I was one of the first to market with a brand called Pioneer Nuggets. Pioneer Nuggets down in Arlington. Okay. okay. I ran the Arlington Cannabis Coalition. Oh gosh. I was a medical uh, provider of cannabis. Yeah. And a consultant in the legal Washington system. Right. Um, then I sold that production business, and it's just kind of like in this quiet mode of what am I going to do next, was looking into microgreens, because I've always been into agriculture. When I was right, in college, right. I worked at Swanson's Nursery in Seattle okay. and did bare root fruit trees and roses. One of my jobs in Israel was a cherry tomato production farm, all okay. greenhouse-based, yeah. shipped yeah, them yeah. to Germany. Yeah. Um, it's just been a, a life of love and it has community been, service. It has been a very full life, and we haven't even gotten to Risperdal yet. By the way, some parallels. 
Um, I went to school in India as an undergrad for a year. Uh, my wife and I uh, lived in Iran for about four years, traveled extensively through the Middle East, Afghanistan, um, and uh, spent some time in Europe, although not a lot. I was always more drawn toward uh, the Middle East and Asia. Yeah. Did you so, get to Petra? Yes. In Amman, that was one of my highlights. Yes, yes, Petra, it was absolutely amazing. And it was very, when we were there, it was exceedingly undeveloped. They had one hotel there. Otherwise, you slept out in the caves. Yeah, I was there in 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there in the 70s. So, um, but yeah, I lived in Esfahan, Iran, which was just an absolutely gorgeous place to live. And, uh, look forward to going back one of these days. I don't know if it's ever going to really be possible, but I sure would like to. Yeah. So you're at this quiet and reflective time. You're realizing that, you know, I've got a son now. I don't want to be doing, you know, sort of risky search and rescue. Um, what led you to uh, Ristretto? Uh, my wife was a barista at El Diablo and a few other coffee shops in Seattle. Okay. And growing up on Capitol Hill. Sure. Saw Victrola. I learned what good coffee was. Yeah, Victrola. And since we moved up here, another backstory is our family's always had property up the Skagit uh, River. Okay. So, oh, right. Whereabouts? Uh, concrete, concrete down to Cedar Woolley. Okay. Where we currently live on South Skagit on the river. Oh, nice. Um, great little quiet place to live. Oh, gee, that's wonderful. Um, so we actually. When my kids were five and six, we decided to move up to Skagit County. Uh-huh. So I still had my production facility, but it's just a safer place. Greenwood and Aurora started to get kind of out of control to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured Skagit County is a safe place. Sure. It's one of the most fertile valleys that I know of. Oh, yeah. West of the Cascades. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, we're blessed to be here. We saw Ristretto come up on the market, and Colleen is the one that's always looking at properties and businesses yep. to buy. And she, we came and met the owner, Jenny and Steve. That's right. And she had had an injury to her shoulder, and they were ready to sell the business. They were the mm-hmm. second owner, and I felt obligated not only for the coffee, but to preserve Ristretto for the community of Mount Vernon. Right. Little did I know that we'd come into a pandemic and sales would half and staffing would be such an issue and nobody would want to work. I swear if we paid $300 more per week to everyone working, then we would not have this problem Yeah. instead of vice versa. Yeah. Not to get political. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I, I... <coughs> at Seattle U, I study humanities and economics, so it falls. I, I love numbers. I love looking at what works, but... Community service is one of my focuses. I love being a soccer coach, a dad, oh. a brother. Oh, that's, Sean, this is, this is great. Well, something, <clears throat> you know, I've been coming to Ristretto. My wife and I have lived in, in Mount Vernon for uh, eight years now. And I've always appreciated it as, um, I, I think, the best sort of community gathering spot in, uh, in, in Mount Vernon. You know, it's just my opinion. And I've always loved the art. So tell me a little bit about what Ristretto means to you in terms of the commitment you've made to, to uh, community. I think it, I changed the mission. So 
the mission of Ristretto Coffee Lounge is Ristretto Coffee Lounge and Wine Bar builds relationships by pouring happiness. Oh. And that's really simply what I expect the baristas to do, what we yeah. try to do yeah. as members of the community. I think it's kind of a simple essence of what we're doing. And you've been supporting a lot of local artists. Yeah, and we're one of the few places we don't charge a commission. We only take cash or check. And every weekend I call them up when I look in their envelope and say, hey, you sold a few pieces? Nice. The agreement is that when they do sell, they bring back another piece. So there we you keep go. changing it up. So you're getting, you're, you're, you're getting, I mean, this, this is like the ultimate win-win, right? It's like I'm, I'm covering my walls with this amazing art, and it's not costing me a thing. Yep. And the people who are creating it are getting the benefit of that. A, by having their names exposed. B, by actually at time, from time to time selling something and getting some yep. money for it to support what they do. That is fantastic. What, what makes you, when you think about Ristretto, what makes you most proud? How we've grown it. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... Numbers were about half of what they are now. Artists, we have, there are only two artists on the walls. They didn't do any workshops or open mics or yeah. wine tasting. Yeah. So slowly, I, I, I make small adjustments so that I can measure yeah. those changes. And I found bringing in more artists, having some of them scale back. Um, wine and Watercolor Wednesdays with Margaret has, been, has survived the pandemic. So she used to do it here on site. Now right. she does it online. Oh, nice! But for twenty bucks, you get a glass of wine on the house and two hours of watercolor instruction with Margaret Horrock. Um, Ariel was doing the same oh, thing, sweet. paper pulling on Thursdays. Oh wow! We started open mic on Saturdays from six to eight, so we'd stay open later and let students, whether it's poetry or comedy or music, come in and use our PA system and two mics and they can plug in their instruments. Wow. Oh, wow. And it, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I feel like crazy. it's still a flower that's blooming. Yeah, right. And it's got right. room to grow. Yeah, and, and, and I hope you always feel that way about it. What's the, what do you feel, I mean, you talked about some of the things that you've been doing which weren't done before. What about the wine bar aspect of that? Because I can't remember if that was something that Jen and Steve were doing or not. Is that? They did. Um, I thought so, but have you tried to make it a, a, a bigger piece of the uh, We now the feature St. Paulia. It's all Washington wine now. Okay. Washington wine, beer, and cider. Um, we had started uh, wine tastings on Saturdays. Mm. Um, 20 bucks, you get five tastings of what nice, we have. Nice, nice. St. Paulia is a, a vintner out of Woodenville, grows her grapes in Nachis. She was trained by her German grandfather. So it's a very German style of vintage mm -hmm. wine, good shelf life, great flavors. Um, they don't have any other retail outlet other than us in their, their tasting room in Woodenville. And then all the rest of the wines that we carry are Washington State, mostly Yakima Valley, yeah. and Walla Walla, um, beers and ciders. People like Skookum Brewery, like Colshin, the local right, right, brewers, right, right. Um, North Sound Brewery. Yeah. I feel like it's important to support local economies, and the best way to do that is to support the local small business. Absolutely. Because we're in the same boat. Absolutely. Uh, 
gosh, there was one, there was one last question. Oh, I know, I was just going to say, you'd appreciate the fact that uh, Ken Hitt, who's the owner of Meyer Sign, built his own airplane. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've, he's taken me uh, up with him uh, a few times, um, and just, uh, I've got some killer pictures of the Cascades. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, Sean. One of these days I'll get back in the air. It's one of my goals. Oh. Uh, my kids are older. Well, how handy that we have the uh, uh, Heritage Flight Museum uh, here as well. Yeah. I went to that for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. Jeepers. It's, it's, it's an amazing place. At Skagit Regional? Yeah, at Skagit Regional. Oh. You will love it, my friend. Okay. You will love it. I'll make a day of it. Sean, thanks so much. This concludes another episode of Tales of the Magic Skagit. You can follow us on Facebook at Meyer Sign, as well as read our stories on our website, MeyerSign.com. Just click on Behind the Sign for all the good stuff. Thanks for listening, and keep the Skagit magic, y'all.